With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can support this show at patreon.com slash ASA podcasting. Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Skyrim Addicts Academy, a show where we, uh, me, myself, Ben Monroe, and my friend Michael, intend to educate you fair time reality travellers on the history and lore of the Elder Scrolls series. And where better a place to start than with the actual Elder Scrolls themselves? So without further ado, let's take a look at where and how these Elder Scrolls play a part within the, the Elder Scrolls series itself. So, of course, starting with the background. Now, the Elder Scrolls are artifacts that archive historical events from the future, past, and present. They are of unknown origin or quantity. And although uh, the cult of the ancestral moth priests and other such establishments have attempted to uh, count and place all of the Elder Scrolls, any attempt to do so would inexplicably cause the number of scrolls in existence to fluctuate. Now, nobody can, uh, well, according to uh, any in-game sources, the reason for this is completely unfounded. The Elder Scrolls are often related to many bizarre and mystical events that occur within Tamriel, events such as the Oblivion Crisis and the return of Alduin the Dragon. And once an event that is foretold within an Elder Scroll takes place, it becomes a fixed point in time and will remain forever written within that scroll. Now, for their appearances in-game. Now, if you were going to find one, say, in Skyrim or Oblivion, uh, the Elder Scrolls appear in both games, and within Oblivion, it's actually as part of a quest. As you're the hero of Kavach, you uh, need to remove the curse of the Grey Fox, and you have to actually impersonate a scholar of the ancestral moths and get into the Imperial Library and take one. Uh library is uh, housed within the White Gold Tower. It's a massive tower right in the middle of the Imperial City. Pretty hard to miss. And it's uh, said to house numerous Elder Scrolls at that point in time. And they're cared for by the ancestral Moth Priest cult, which of course you see in Skyrim as well. But it seems that they didn't do a fantastic job of this. During the 175th year of the fourth year, the Scrolls were mysteriously scattered across Tamriel. In uh, Skyrim, obviously there are three, most notably the Dragon Elder Scroll, which is uh, found in the found in Blackreach. Your character, the Dragonborn, is sent there at the bequest of Parthenax, and he uses and use it to send yourself back in time to learn the Dragonborn shout and defeat Alduin during to stop the Dragon Crisis that's going on. Uh, the Dragon Crisis being the return of Alduin and the, his intent to wage war against all those who live in Tamriel. That's a pretty important one, considering uh, it stops everything. The others appear during the Dongar questline. The first is the Sun Elder Scroll, which is sealed away with Serana. And she is the 
daughter to Valserina. Uh, there's definitely uh, some trouble pronouncing those names. Many are- names, yeah. <laughs> They're very uh, fantasy orientated. Yeah. Uh, the first, the first is the Sun Elder Scroll, which is sealed away with Serana, who you find in uh, Dim Hollow Crypt, and she is the daughter of Vala Serena. I believe I got that name correctly. I believe and- you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second Elder Scroll to appear during the uh, Dongar quest line is the Blood Elder Scroll. This one is found in the possession of Val Serena herself in the Soul Cairn. Both of the scrolls are needed to complete the Tyranny of the Sun prophecy. Tyranny of the Sun prophecy was created due to an event that took place during the Marathic era. In Marathic okay. era, yeah. Where? Arch Curate. Arch Curate Vire. I'll leave you to say the I tough just, bits, I, yeah. I just defeated this guy, and I don't know how to say his name. Vyrusa, <laughs> a victim of that. Verism feeling betrayed by his deity, Ariel. Baruther created the prophecy which would block out the sun from all of eternity. And obviously stop that with Ariel's bow and killing Harkin. Uh, <laughs> See, I mean, the uh, the reputation that the Elder Scrolls have for being related to um, all sorts of bizarre and mystical and magical events within the world of Elder Scrolls, uh, it certainly does seem to be ringing true. I mean, the Elder Scrolls uh, obviously thus far have been blamed for uh, the Oblivion Crisis, uh, the Dragon Crisis, and of course, uh, almost blotting out the sun. I suppose with uh, these Elder Scrolls being in existence and being related to such uh, <laughs> disastrous events within the world of the Elder Scrolls, I'm pretty sure the inhabitants of Tamriel might be prepared if they could just so happen uh, to read them. But then... Reading an Elder Scrolls, uh, an Elder Scroll, is by no means an easy task. Uh, in any, in fact, if any mere mortal were to actually attempt uh, to read an Elder Scroll itself, uh, they would be driven mad and insane. Uh, there are, of course, a select few who can read the Elder Scrolls and suffer little consequence, as you probably experienced in self, yourself playing the game. Uh, the Dragonborn can read an Elder Scrolls, like when you select it within the inventory, whips it out and takes a look. The screen goes a, a bit blurry and I believe you fall over. But, you know, at least you manage to keep your sanity and um, I think when you actually see the Elder Scrolls, it just comes across as a bunch of numbers, uh, star charts. You, it's hard to actually dis- discern what is going on with on the actual Elder Scroll itself. Because although you might actually be able to read it, interpreting it is a completely different matter. Yeah, those who possess impressive uh, prowess may also attempt to read and interpret the Elder Scrolls, yet the cost cost is uh, leaving... will render the reader blind, <laughs> as we see with the Moth, moth Priest in uh, Dawnguard. Uh, I guess that's a fair price to pay for <laughs> insight. Yeah, I, be- I believe um, uh, also uh, during the quest for um, uh, well, the, the quest line that takes place as the during the Grey Fox quest line in uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, yeah. um, you can easily uh, infiltrate the Imperial Tower because many of the Moth Priests there <laughs> are blind as well. So it, yeah, it does right. make sneaking yeah. in you know a little bit easier. That's true. Most of them are blind. I forgot about that. You're sneaking through the corridors and they can't really see yeah. that. <laughs> But I wonder if their hearing is a little better since they uh, are <laughs> losing sight for <laughs> reading the Elder Scrolls. And you'd think they would learn their lesson. You'd think that uh, 
if uh, they were reading an Elder Scroll that predicted the foretelling of the future, maybe they they could have uh, prepared for you. you <laughs> know, just... lo- locked them up a little better, or <laughs> you would hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, in order for the ancestral moths to uh, ancestral moth priests to read an Elder Scroll, they must conduct a ritual of the ancestor moth. It takes place in Ancestor Glade, and the moth priest must prepare himself months in advance for the ritual. Once it has been conducted, it can often take the priest many years to interpret the harmony. This harmony is emitted by the moths to populate the ancestral glades. This allows moth priests to use the moths as a conduit by which they can interpret the uh, Elder Scroll, whichever one they may be reading at that time. And I believe in uh, Dongard, he reads them in order, sun and blood. Or you read them in order, sun and blood. He reads, he reads one and then you read one. Is that what it is? Uh, do you know, I'm actually uh, going through that quest line for the very first time myself, and I haven't quite reached that, that section. So I'm, uh, I can't so read it. <laughs> I know he reads one. I think you read one, too. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to remember. <laughs> the game I mean, blends together after a while. <laughs> it, it certainly... Um, it's, it's great to see that they're, I think um, they're actually involved in the Elder Scrolls where you start to see the Elder Scrolls themselves as physical things involved uh, within the game, um, like more as uh, I suppose, as more as the game evolves, like you, you never really saw them in Morrowind, and you only no. you only encounter them once as a side quest uh, in Oblivion. So, um, and then obviously in Skyrim, they, it makes up one of the, the most vital points, and then you see uh, you get two of them on offer in Dawnguard, which was an expansion. So it will. It'll certainly be nice to see uh, because it's, I mean they are very mystical things. I mean, there's so much you can play around with them. Yeah, you I can wonder do how to play around play. with the narrative. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how they'll figure into the future games as well as into ESL. I'm not sure how, if they fit into ESL at all. I haven't played it yet because it's not mm-hmm. on consoles. But I wonder how they're going to work it into that as well. If they'll work any into that, maybe another one another one of the scrolls in some way well well um since uh obviously uh they were uh, sorry uh one day at one point they were under lock and key by uh, the ancestral moth priest cults uh, within the imperial library and then obviously they were scattered out um into the world of uh uh, Tamriel, maybe in future games you might you know just accidentally run across them start picking them up so uh, I, I think um, there's certainly opportunity to see them uh, involved uh, within the game a lot more going on now, um, based on what's happened in the law. Yeah, they're definitely out in the wild since you're pretty much finding them everywhere in this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obvi- well, the one in the cairn isn't he? I guess is in a different world technically. I guess uh, or different type of dimension or something since yeah, it's a salt cairn. <laughs> You could certainly argue that, yeah, that's true. The most boring dimension, the Soul Cairn. Um, so there's the one there, and then Blackreach. Blackreach, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, two are within the Skyrim continent, and the other one's off in some other world. So you wonder what ones are scattered about the other places. Yeah, that, like, uh, I mean, when you take a glance at the old map of Tamriel, there's, oh. a, <laughs> there's a, a lot of opportunity, and... Um, <laughs> And obviously, when you find these things uh, and you start interpreting the prophecies uh, yourselves, um, they can change and fluctuate in accounts, and 
you never really uh, you can never really uh, nail down the Elder Scrolls. They are they do uh, bring a certain amount of mysticism to uh, a world that is already uh, flooded with fantasy, I suppose. Yeah, I think it added a lot to Skyrim itself, though, to bring the storyline. Because I mean, it always had the title title Elder Scrolls, but yeah, I know. until Skyrim, they weren't a huge focus of the game. But I think as they go along, they'll definitely make that more and more. I mean, obviously, dragons were a focus this time, so <laughs> but you, I don't know if you can do that again. But mm. um, definitely finding more. I mean, if there's as many as 18 scrolls or whatever there is, uh, that leads a lot of opportunity for different. So different obviously, uh, obviously, um, in Oblivion, the uh, main focus uh well main objective of the game was to stop the oblivion crisis yep and then obviously in skyrim the main objective of the game was to stop the dragon crisis so but do, do you think maybe in the future games uh you could see a quest solely around collecting elder scrolls something similar to that like as the influence of elder scrolls in the game in, in, increases yeah i think i think they have to be part of I would like them, well, anyway, I would like them to be a part of whatever main story is going on. Yeah. But you don't want it to make it, you don't want to make it feel too similar. Like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, we had to use that Elder Scroll to stop the dragons. Now we got to use that Elder Scroll to stop uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever Hydra is doing, whatever. So you don't want to make it too similar. But you definitely, I, I definitely like having them in the game. It adds something to it. It's just that story's been told now. The reading of them has been told now. So mm-hmm. now next time when you go to read one you've kind of already done that so do they revisit that or do they maybe with a you know a, a next gen console or you know next gen pc game you're you can see a little more in depth of what happens when you read it which may be interesting anyway when i was um conducting uh like research for our you know pilot episode of Elder scrolls uh, sorry of skyrim addicts academy uh, discussing the Elder scrolls uh, I was thinking um, of where, uh, you know, the game developers and writers may have found um, influence uh, for uh, involving Elder Scrolls within the game. You know, like, what are, what is, the, uh, the Elder Scrolls themselves are prophecies written down, um, yet they are completely unfounded, like... That nobody can really ever really count count them. Nobody really knows what's written on all of them. They could contain any sort of prophecy of any kind. And at one point, uh, the number of uh, Elder Scrolls in existence is constantly in flux, as is their location. And I couldn't really relate um, such items to anything else that has uh, appeared in other fantasy genres. It, I mean, it definitely, I think, um, is unique to the Elder Scrolls series. I mean, you could possibly uh, relate some sort of similarities to maybe the Rings of Power from Lord of the Rings, but yet, uh, yeah. e- even there, they're numbered, and uh, you know what they, you know, you know what they do. Whereas, I think uh, the Elder Scrolls are unique in the fact that it leaves the door open for so much opportunity to play around with the world. That I wonder if uh, maybe you could go into creating an Elder Scroll in the next game. Where an event happens. Forming your own profit. Yeah. Certainly, I've been thinking about this quite a bit, actually. Um, 
Now, at, uh, as we record this, um, it, well, it's the height of summer. Um, <laughs> it, well, it is for me at the moment. And uh, the Steam and uh, the Steam summer sale has just passed us by. Uh, I picked up a few titles uh, during the um, the Steam summer sale. Some other fantasy RPGs, such as uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, which I'd never played before. Oh, I I was actually at the panel release panel for that in San oh. Diego. Oh wow! <laughs> actually, the announcement panel, not even the release, like yeah. two years before it came out, and it looked amazing. I mean, that, that it is, it's from. very it's very enjoyable, but. Um, I can't see myself uh, applying so many hours into it as I do Skyrim because I think the one thing that is pretty much unique to Skyrim is yes, like these other fantasy worlds, Dragon Age, Kingdoms of Amalur, Amalur, Witcher, they're all really big and they can they've got a lot of content, but yet none of them allow you to craft your own story quite like an Elder Scrolls story, uh, game does, which is why I think I, I find myself keep going back to the Elder Scrolls games in particular. And as you say, crafting an Elder Scroll, um, it really, it really would uh, sort of epitomise that crafting your own tale uh, thing that m- is the main draw of the Elder Scrolls series, I believe. Yeah, it would it would take your character to like a whole new level, and and say the next game or whatever it may be, where you actually become a part of it, as opposed to you know your not acting out but you're you're a pawn in the prophecy as opposed to creating the whole thing itself the prophecy from beginning <laughs> to end yeah that would that would be <laughs> that, that would be uh quite epic i suppose like even though um the epics that, uh, the narratives that we've encountered thus far in the series have also been epic that would be quite the pinnacle i believe Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even going back and seeing how one was created may be mm. interesting. I I think um, uh, the ability to uh, well, obviously um, the Elder Scroll that you encounter within Skyrim, which transports you back to um, uh, the throat of the world, where uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the characters now, but there's the the three. Um, oh, dragonborns and they're attempting to bring down uh alduin mm-hmm. um so obviously there's uh, they're already sort of, sort of starting to play with time travel um if that's something else that the elder scrolls uh introduce into further games in the series that'll be an, definitely an interesting element to play because i think between um uh elder scrolls now elder scrolls online which is set years before uh, all of the previous games uh right up to skyrim now they have they have uh developed i say they now bethesda uh themselves have developed a vast timeline that they can start to play around with and yeah, we, sorry uh it's definitely like widened or expand it the the amount of time that they're covering and and what's going on. So the, I guess the more we learn as ESO goes on as well will help. Um, I'm not sure how deep into like scrolls and lore that game is going to get or not. Yeah, and uh, like with um, particularly the Blood and Sun Elder Scrolls, we're starting to see. Uh, well, we, what they've done there is um, something that was. Uh, formed way back extremely early in the Elder Scrolls timeline during the Marethic era, which is before the third era where uh, the Oblivion game takes place and well before the fourth era. 
we're starting to see the events of that, which um, <clears throat> uh, spilling over into Skyrim and the well, I suppose you could say tip- typically say the present day uh, through the uh, tyranny of the sun prophecy. Yeah, cause, yeah, because if you count that as say present day, present game day, anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the amount of time that that from the time that. So, uh, that those scrolls were formed, those prophecies were formed, in the time they came to fruition is, uh, let's say, thousands of years or whatever, hundreds of years. It's from their forming until they, till they were used to stop um, whatever crisis they foresaw. So, um, the Elder Scrolls, uh, such as um, the Tyranny of the Sun, um, the Tyranny of the Sun prophecy, uh, are. The Elder Scrolls themselves um, are unique to connecting uh, both the past and the present. Um, so, yeah, like, if in uh, future titles in the Elder Scrolls series, you could start sort of uh, <laughs> jumping around different time periods due to these Elder Scrolls. Like uh, like we've already seen going back in time to learn the Dragon Wrench out uh, atop the throat of the world, maybe also going back in time and seeing how uh, during uh, the tyranny of the sun uh, prophecy the snow elves um, were uh, massacred by the Dwemner and the automatons which uh, eventually forced them to become uh, the Falmer seeing seeing events like that would you know sort of uh, really sort of establish uh, once again establish the lore and the setting of the Elder Scrolls world Oh, what if you came across a scroll that would allow you to see the Dwemer cities in action? Mm. <laughs> or, you you know, one that were told what happened to them, but, you know... You, yeah, I, 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 think, that, I think um, the Elder Scrolls themselves uh, sort of offer up kind of like doorways um, into the past and the present and possibly even the future of the, the Elder Scrolls world from the actual... Uh, situation in which the game is taking place at the time, so it's uh, certainly like a, a nice kind of gameplay element there. I think, like you say, like going back and seeing, because I mean, there's so much of the the world that is only ever really slightly touched upon in the games that you experience that you uh, you could just delve in and go back more. Like races like uh, the Farmer, the Dwemner. Uh, the and then obviously in Oblivion you have like the Alien ruins. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the obviously there is so much backstory to delve into, and uh, the Elder Scrolls themselves, um, I think, offer up the perfect opportunity to do so. Yeah, even if you because game wise they tend to always go forward in time, but mm-hmm. even if you got a glimpse of what what it was like as things were functional and working as the societies were there, like before the former were enslaved or sent underground and all that like just to see you know get a quest line where you get to see what's going on in the Dwemer cities before everything falls and everything goes down that would be amazing or even the Elliot ruins or or whatever land they happen to be in whatever the backstory of that land is the ancient artifacts of that land are going back and seeing them in their you know full glory or whatever hmm. that, that would be pretty interesting I mean, I don't see them pulling the whole game back in time, but oh, yeah, just sort of like small bites. Yeah, know, to find see. information or to see, you know, 
to learn something in order to move a certain story forward. That would be pretty amazing to do. And uh, I suppose, obviously, speaking of the Dwemer, trying to uh, get things back on uh, education tracks-wise, I suppose, we can uh, inform you a little bit more about how to read uh, an Elder Scrolls, because as we touched upon uh, previously, um, now, if you have uh, prescient prowess, uh, you can just uh, in, try and interpret an Elder Scrolls. And if you're fortunate enough to be a dragonborn, you can take a glance at the one without becoming insane or mad or losing your eyesight. And uh, the ancestral moth priests um, have, uh, the obviously, the ritual of the ancestor moth, uh, used, which they use to uh, read an Elder Scrolls. But the Dwemner uh, also uh, developed a way for us mere mortals to be able to read an Elder Scroll without going bli- blind, mad, or insane. Because uh, using a machine uh, called a lexicon, um, which uh, you actually do use during the main quest line within the game Skyrim, uh, this allows uh, the reader through a series of le- mechanical lenses and the lexicon itself to interpret uh, an Elder Scroll, which uh, probably would have helped poor old uh, Septimus Cygnus, who is a person who attempted to read an Elder Scroll without using any precautionary methods, such as uh, the ritual of the ancestor moth or a lexicon. And as you may have encountered in-game, poor old Septimus Cygnus was driven both mad and uh, insane. Although uh, he was still able to produce uh, the popular commentary on the Elder Scrolls called The Rumination of the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, Septimus, uh, yeah, he went crazy. Then he conjured up uh, Hermes, or he was used by Hermes Mora, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And I wonder if he was uh, used because he was so out of it at that point. (laughs) It's always a... um for those of you who may not have encountered that quest line yet, it's definitely one of the uh, weirder points yeah. uh, within an Elder Scrolls game that I've uh, so far encountered, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, the Hermaeus Mora character is uh, different, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always good going into Blackreach, so that that's always a good one. Mm. So, obviously, uh, the Elder Scrolls themselves impact are known within the game world by uh, its uh, occupants uh, and they impact heavily upon the world uh, of the Elder Scrolls which does bring up quite a few mixed feelings really Um, obviously I think many of the members such as uh, uh, the College of Winterhold um, like people who who possess strong magical prowess and I suppose a higher sense of learning you know not just your base born orc barbarian but those who uh, seek to uh, unravel the mysteries of the Elder Scrolls within the game world well they generally regard uh, the Elder Scrolls with a sense of high esteem and mysticism there are sacred documents uh, things to be treasured things to be sought after um I believe uh, uh, Urag Groshub, uh, who is the librarian at the College of Winterhold, um, describes them as all is true about the Elder Scrolls. Now, all is true, even the falsehood, uh, even the falsehoods they foretell, especially those falsehoods. Also, now. Uh, 
there is some negative, uh, I suppose, negative opinions towards the Elder Scrolls. Uh, the Greybeards consider them to be an extreme blasphemy. And uh, Parthenax himself is, isn't all too trusting of the Elder Scrolls. So, it is hard to... I, I, it's hard to, I think, uh, understand, quite understand just uh, as to whether the Elder Scrolls themselves are a good thing or a bad thing within the world. Like, I think many of the occupants might uh, believe themselves to be better off were they not to exist. Yeah, especially not knowing the creation of them. I mean, how do you know what to trust, what, you know, what they were born from, what they, where they came from, what, why they were created? Without knowing any of those things, how can you completely trust it? Yeah, I guess that's kind of it's, what... It, there is, a, I think, um, definitely a strong sense of, like, the fear of the unknown surrounding them. Yeah, because, I mean, they could have been created for... Well, I mean, each could have been created for m- many different reasons, but, you know, without knowing who who created these or who... what they were born from, it really... Uh, I can see why Parthenax and... Although I'm not a huge fan of the gray beards, I can see why they're they're both uh, questioning them to say, and possibly Parthenax. I mean, he may have knowledge that uh, nobody else has being around so long. Mm. I, I think um, the uh, I believe the dragons are quite unique. Whereas when it comes to um, it comes to Elder Scrolls, because uh, they're actually immune. Uh, uh, well, I. T- Stay immune, but um, they're not um, affected by, well, I suppose, the effects of uh, an Elder Scroll. Hmm. So they could actually theoretically read it and not go crazy like uh, Septimus <laughs> <laughs> or blind like uh, people in the game. Indeed, uh, yeah. Um, I wonder how that would physically work. How would they actually read it? <laughs> I wonder. Have the dragon have has Alduin or Parthenax or any of the old elder dragons? I wonder if they have ever actually. I don't know how they would possibly read an Elder Scroll, but had somebody read it, or open it for them to read, or whatever. <laughs> what, however, physically that would happen. <laughs> well, being as a, but not all is known about um, the Elder Scrolls. Maybe maybe the existing forms other than actual scrolls themselves, like. That's true. It could just it could be, be, it could be written in the stars. I mean, often um, uh, often the Elder Scrolls themselves depict uh, star maps and star charts and uh, oh. all, all manner of things. So yeah, there could be multiple ways of interpreting Elder Scrolls, I presume. That could just be the human form, or, you know, the accessible human form they take, or, or the ones that were created for... Uh, not human, but, you know, human-like prophecies, whatever the character may be. Indeed, yeah. So, um, the Elder Scrolls that foretell uh, prophecies that would affect humans appear in a human form, yeah. I, I, I see your... I agree with your chain of thought, yeah. Because then the uh, dragons would obviously have a different... Yeah, maybe more written in the stars or something grander like that <laughs> that they would uh, be involved in. It's, uh, I think... It's certainly interesting to see, uh, to chart how um, the opinion of the Elder Scrolls uh, changed um, 
between both Oblivion and Skyrim, possibly owing to the facts that uh, took place in between the two games. Because uh, in The Elder Scrolls Oblivion, we see The Elder Scrolls being cherished, well, cared for, looked after. They're housed uh, relatively uh, safely, but by a bunch of blind ancestral moth priests. (laughs) Although... uh, it, it does seem all too easy to steal the odd one or two here. Um, whereas when it, when the time comes uh, to Skyrim, obviously after they're scattered to the winds, it seems that nobody's uh, really seeking them out. If, uh, In fact, the places where you find them within the game Skyrim uh, itself is within Blackreach, an ancient Dwemer city that nobody's touched for thousands of years. And... Sorry, the other one, uh, Blood and the Sun, are found within crypts and tombs that, again, have also been untouched for thousands of years. So it seems that when we, by the time we get to uh, Skyrim, no one uh, is ever, no one ca- seems to be actively trying to interpret Elder Scrolls. Possibly owing to the fact that they were scattered to the wind themselves, and obviously such uh, a mysterious event may begin to you may start to look upon Elder Scrolls themselves with a sense of fear rather than a sense of awe and power. Like, they, they could be things to, um, I suppose, avoid, um, to fear, possibly to know your future is, well, to be driven mad, as uh, Septimus Cygnus um, certainly was. And I, I wonder what kind of event took place where they were scattered in that way. Mm. There isn't a whole lot uh, to be found uh, within the game that offers information on this. It simply says that uh, Elder Scrolls during the uh, uh, the third year of the Elder Scrolls were scattered to the wind. Wonder if that was for safety, or yeah. Wonder if that'll be a possible uh, quest line slash storyline in the future. You know why? Why did they have to be scattered? Was it to protect them, or to protect the prophecies, or to protect whatever was going on at that time, or stop someone else from getting them? Stop? Who knows? One of the one of the Daedra, possibly. Who knows? It's uh, like it certainly does present, uh, I suppose, an interesting opportunity as far as uh, Bethesda themselves are concerned when it comes to um, creating new content and narratives for the further games, because. Rather than, um, I suppose, reiterating and simply reproducing uh, same old content, same old boring kind of storylines that you get often get in, in um, other game series, not to name names, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like the Elder Scrolls themselves, uh, I think, offer a lot of opportunity to explore a vast array of narratives without having to um like there's so much lore and backstory already open up to them to create new narratives that they don't have to go through a special effort to drag anything or extend anything too awkwardly i suppose yeah that's true there's so much they've left themselves so much story to use um with all just the bulk of lore and the gaps and even the gaps in the lore that they leave I'm assuming purposely because <laughs> that way they can fill them in. Mm. Um, just it gives them so much fodder to use going forward in each, even though each game is, uh, you know, has its enclosed story. The doors it opens up, even 
closing the doors in the game, the other doors it opens up for story wise is uh, is immense. I mean, just the amount of lore and and the way they handle it is. Uh, I mean, it's incredible the way they handle it. I mean, there's got there's probably more lore than in the Lord of the Rings somehow <laughs> because of the time frame and the amount of people involved in creating it. And mm. I mean. Uh, well, not to go straight too far beyond the point now, but, uh, um, everything that you encounter in the game, uh, seems to have another step beyond it. Like you pick up a book that tells a story that introduces new characters and then you possibly do a little bit more research into the character and, uh, it literally, it opens up a whole, uh, different world and, like the the quests and the storylines that are on offer within the games only ever really touch briefly upon everything that is all is fully there. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're only getting a, yeah a touch of each each thing. Yeah, you feel you're getting a full story, but then there's so much more to that story than even what you're getting. You know, you feel like you're getting a full story, but then when you look at it a little closer, there's so much more background to everything, especially the Elder Scrolls part of it. Let's just sort of. Uh, offer up a, a brief recap on hopefully everything that we've managed to teach you today about Elder Scrolls. The Elder, the Elder Scrolls themselves uh, have, were housed within the Imperial Library uh, at the White Gold Tower in the Imperial City, uh, which can be found in the game Oblivion. Uh, even though they were tried to be counted uh, by the Cult of the Ancestral Moth Priests, as a... Uh, I'm going to going to struggle to pronounce this one now. <laughs> um, Quintus Novellus, I think I did it right there. Quintus Novellus, as a recountant uh, in his book, An Accounting of the Scrolls, uh, Quintus Novellus actually tried to count the Elder Scrolls after one just so happened to go missing from the library, and but any he found that any account to do so would uh, cause the number of Elder Scrolls to fluctuate. And obviously their location to fluctuate. Uh, they simply do not exist in a countable form, as Quintus Novellus puts it. Um, <clears throat> the Elder Scrolls themselves are bound to mystical events within the Elder Scrolls series, such as the Oblivion Crisis and the Dragon Crisis. Any event that takes place uh, that has been written within an Elder Scroll becomes a fixed point in time and reality. Uh, you can find, you can actually find physical Elder Scrolls within the games, both Oblivion and Skyrim, where you can visit the Imperial City and take as many as you'd like, I believe, <laughs> from the Imperial Library. <laughs> uh, in Skyrim, you use, um, uh, an Oblivion, uh, you use an Elder Scroll to travel back in time to learn the shout of the Dragon Rend, uh, to defeat Alduin. And also, the Elder Scrolls are used to uh, stop uh, the tyranny of the Sun Prophecy during the Dawnguard questline. Um, <coughs> when it comes to uh, uh, reading a dra uh, reading an Elder Scroll, uh, you either have to use the Dwemna lexicon technology or the Ancestral Moth Priests, uh, the ritual of the Ancestral Moth uh, to read an Elder Scroll. Although, if you're uh, also the Dragonborn, can read one without fearing too many consequences. And generally, overall, uh, of the inhabitants of the world of Tamriel, 
there are mixed feelings towards the Elder Scrolls. Some, uh, the cult of the Ancestral Moss in particular, regard them with much higher esteem and mysticism, whereas there are rather more sceptical those who are sceptics, such as the Greybeards. It's quite interesting because I think both organisations do uh, bear many res- uh, similarities. You know, they're both uh, a bunch of old guys who... <laughs> Uh, like to sit around and ruminate over the uh, old documents. Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> Obviously, um, there uh, there is an awful lot more to uh, to the Elder Scrolls, but I think uh, with with the uh, Skyrim Addicts Academy, we'd uh, like to be able to teach you as much of the Elder Scroll lore as possible. So we're going to briefly touch upon topics, but not uh, I don't think not go in too depth because. We might, uh, we'd never make it out of anywhere uh, within our lifetimes, I suppose, because as uh, we previously mentioned, there is an awful lot of Elder Scrolls lore to touch upon. But hopefully we've managed to give you a brief rundown and uh, understanding of the Elder Scrolls themselves, something which uh, I hope does fulfill uh, your game time just a little bit more as you know more about what you're actually dealing with. Elder Scrolls, good or bad, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's definitely... uh, I believe they definitely add it to the game, to the uh, more recent games and giving it a more uh, larger feel and feeling connected to each other. Um, even though the stories may be different, they're connected in the way that, um, w- with that part of the lore. So it's, uh, I hope they use them going forward, uh, sparingly, like they have so far, because it keeps the, kind of keeps the intrigue, or if, if you, if you know too much, then, uh, then they'll kind of lose that. <laughs> Behind the, I suppose, the, Hidden curtain, really, isn't it? It's yeah, like, a, magi- a magician never reveals his tricks. Uh, exactly, it's like when you see the Wizard of Oz. a terrible pun of phrase there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the Toto pulls the curtain back, it's not as fun as before. <laughs> I certainly agree. Yes, I mean, I think they definitely. I think as the Elder Scrolls themselves are introduced into the game, you kind of start to view the game world uh, as though there's definitely more than one realm uh, to be perceived. Um, it certainly adds that, I kind of suppose, kind of um, sense of... Like, even though we obviously have been to the realms of Oblivion, you've seen uh, the Daedric Lords and whatnot, it starts to make you think... It's, I suppose you look up into that Skyrim sky, uh, and you see more than just the stars once you've inter- interpreted uh, the Elder Scrolls. You start thinking beyond uh, just the normal realms of reality of the Elder Scrolls. Definitely. Well said. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I think uh, there's just one more thing to do, and that is to uh, thank all of those who put some fan- simply fantastic amount of work and content onto the uh, Elder Scrolls wiki and the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, and, of course, the Imperial Library. So we'd just like to thank all of those for providing us with the references and resources in all of the we educate you for Skyrim Addicts Academy Um, and of course uh, I strongly recommend that you we intend to do uh, to do this well I intend to do this um, as often as possible hopefully uh, 
uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, so I strongly recommend you tune in next week to learn more about the Elder Scrolls lore. And of course, we strongly appreciate any suggestions or listener feedback you have for us. If there's any particular topics you'd like us to, sco- uh, to cover in further episodes of Skyromatics Academy, then please send them our way through either um, the Facebook page, the Twitter account, um, well, and, or is there an email address that they can get hold of us at? Uh, Skyromatic Podcast at gmail.com. And just put, I don't know, lore or academy in the uh, header there. Or the title, I should say. Well, <clears throat> I think uh, time to uh, sign off, I suppose, and hit the books and start scrubbing up on some more Elder Scrolls laws so we have more to bring you next week. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Bye. Hey there, folks. Just chiming in on the end here now to give you uh, just a little note now. Thanks for listening to uh, the episode of Skyrim Addicts Academy. It was a little bit tough going. I'm not sure how well this format is going to work. I'm doing, like I've said previously in the episode, I do intend to keep it going weekly. I think from now on we're going to have more of a structured format. The Elder Scrolls itself was just kind of like a sort of a test bed, I suppose, to see how well the episodes would work. But moving on further into the series, um, I intend to look at certain aspects of the Elder Scrolls lore. Uh, I'm going to be starting with the geography, I suppose you could say. And in the next episode, we'll be taking a look at Tamriel itself. And then obviously moving further on into the regions that populate Tamriel. Certainly the ones that have featured heavily in the games themselves. You know, Skyrim, Cyrodiil, Morrowind. So please do tune in next week um, where I'll be bringing you more Skyrim Addict Academy. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.